Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dr. King had a dream, and many will say that we've fallen well short of it today. We'll reflect on Dr. King. We'll also reflect on Keith Jackson and what he's meant to many of us who have chosen uh, to pursue their dreams in broadcast. And we'll take time to look at the great people of Minnesota who watched a miracle that we have not seen, the tackle that's been heard around the world that allowed the Vikings to advance to the NFC Championship. We'll also reflect on what's happening with Tomlin and the Steelers. They fell short once again after keeping their eye on the Patriots and forgetting about the Jags. And that reminded me of a great orator, NFL orator, Bill Pelichick. And I think the Steelers can heed these words that you just need to do your job and I will add, shut your mouth. We'll get into all of that tonight on RG One Mike. This thing right here. Yes, yes, today, yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one mic. There is a pause throughout the stadium as this man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it glows down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need uh, CPR or something? And at that particular time, I lost it. Devon dropped Yes, 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 today. Love Talk Radio. this one, Mike. Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq. And if you can do that, then people talk a lot about their training staff. Love, love. Yes, yes, today, you know, as we start this show, this one, Mike. America is essentially a dream. It is the dream of a land where men of all races, of all nationalities, and of all creeds can live together as brothers. The substance of the dream is expressed in these profound words. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal.
Welcome to RSD One Mike and those other words of one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And tonight, you know, we'll dedicate our show, you know, as, as usual here on RSG, we always have fun, but, you know, we like to make sure that, um, you know, I know for myself and Hank and uh, all the fellows who are uh, part of this platform, you know, it's folks like Dr. King that uh, put us in a space where we can actually um, do what we do and, and follow something that we really love to do and create the space, you know, that, you know, this is a country that um, if you have passion and the will, um, and there's opportunity that you can pursue your dream. And um, I know there's some crazy things going on today, but that's a dream that we all still hold on. And so we have a lot of fun tonight talking about a lot of NFL football, but um, uh, we would uh, be remiss if um, uh, we did not uh, acknowledge the special day that we have here um, and what it means for us to just love thy neighbor, look out for Injustice and to to face up against injustice because injustice any uh, anywhere is injustice everywhere and so we uh, we do that you know and so we and we always carry that spirit with us uh, here on RSG One Mic so uh, welcome uh, if you're the first time listening this is RSG One Mic this is where we take an issue deep um, we usually have a theme uh, there are times we might bring a special guest on. Uh, to be a part of it, um, if you have a chance, check out um, uh, Real Sports Guys uh, platform. You can connect and uh, listen to our other podcast, other platform, our big show with Phil, Marcus, and myself. Uh, that's like a seminar at a barber shop. And then we uh, we have a specialty podcast. We have one, Hustle and Flow, that uh, is this intersection between hip hop and uh, sports. Um, our main man, said Cool. Uh, who does his annual uh, hip-hop review, has posted, it is posted uh, for 2017. Go to com uh, and uh, he's got an incredible theme, so we look forward to him talking a little bit more about that. But his theme is, if you were to look at the albums that were put out this year, um, you know, many quarterbacks have been hurt, um, and the importance of the offensive line, how would you build your offensive line based on uh, the albums? Um and uh, it's a great theme uh, in which the way in which he does. He's, he's a brilliant person, and we just, we're just fortunate enough to have him as part of it. So we look forward to even, uh, have him on all of our RC platforms over the next few weeks talking about this. Um, but they will definitely do a deep dive on Hustle and Flow. And then we have our other uh, uh, specialty one, which is called Inside the Park, which uh, Hank, uh, who will come on in a few minutes to, to talk to you, uh, does. And all, you know, all our hosts and all our calls are brought to you by Carbon World Health, your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Go to carbonworldhealth.com to, to connect with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and his staff uh, to learn more about lifestyle medicine. Tell them that the Real Sports Guy sent you. Uh, you can catch us at uh, uh, rsg.com, uh, uh, and you can catch us at RSG on all platforms and on iTunes. Um, I don't think all of you for uh, the feedback you've been giving us. Uh, but before I move on, I want to, Bring my guy and my partner. Um, you know, we kind of run this pick and roll together. Uh, my man, Hank Davis. How you doing, Hank? So let freedom ring from the prodigious hill stops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from the stone mountain of Georgia. 
Let freedom ring from the Lookout Mountains of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and every molehill of Mississippi and every mountainside. Let freedom ring. We allow, when we allow freedom to ring, we let it ring from every city, from every hamlet, from every state, from every city. We're able to speed up that day with all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join his hands and sing in the words of their old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Martin Luther King, 55 years ago, D., 55 years ago, yes. okay? Yes. We're still trying to find that freedom, boss, and I am very passionate right. today, especially with all of the uh, all of the events that has happened over the course of the last three days in this country. You know, we, 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 we're built on these truths to be self-evident. You, you just played that clip where all men are created equal, and you know, it is more. It, it is a shame that even 55 years ago, and even to today, that we're still strife by fighting that struggle, my brother. You know, um, but I'm glad that we started the show this way, and I'm glad we have this forum, this opportunity to be able to take a few moments, folks, to just be able to reflect back, to understand that these things that these, that, that we do, even this this this, this radio show, this the opportunity, this freedom of speech. You know, uh, it, it, it came at a price. It came at a price of those who are no longer here. You know, I think about this day, Martin Luther King Day, we were celebrating this great man's birthday, a day that, you know, for a lot of folks is just is, is represented by a day, a time off and this sort of thing. And yet we still had people in Congress that when it was brought about that they make this day a national holiday, voted against it. Voted against it, even though knowing the significance of this man and the history that he is to the United States and to the world. But, you know, we take this time, again, as I just read, let freedom ring. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. And one day we'll be free at last. That's right. Well said, well said, well said. You know, I'll... Man, yeah, I got chills. I got chills when you opened it like that, brother. And, and uh, you know, this is uh, this is uh, an incredible time. Uh, you know, in America, it's, um, you know, it's it's a place. You know, it, uh, throughout the history of that time, uh, you know, people in the world of sports were part of that movement. And so, you know, we see ourselves in our IRG platform. Uh, we definitely have a social conscious aspect to it, uh, and. Um, you know, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't throw a shout out to my to my brother and let him tell us how we feel. Reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. Yes, because Maxine Waters said all she needed to say this weekend. I heard her speak about the event uh, this weekend. So we have we have those people, those heroes, who continue to be out there uh, uh, pushing the envelope, not letting. Uh, folks just say whatever they want to say, and so, um, so we gonna get into sports because that's what we gonna do. Uh, but you kind of know uh, where we're coming from, and uh, we'll we'll tap in this spirit uh, all the way through the show. And 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 Hank, thank you again for for your words. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons why I love doing this. Uh, you know, every time we go on the air, it's one of those things that um, it inspires me and gets me back in, making sure I'm sharper and ready to go even more. Because uh, you always have the right thing to say at the right moment. 
This has been a crazy, crazy <laughs> week of football. It feels like the national championship day game was like three weeks ago, man. So much has happened in the world <laughs> like it. of football. Man. Um, and so we'll spend in our one mic a lot talking about um, uh, football this week, most, both college uh, and professional football. But there's just been a lot of exciting stuff, and I've been waiting to hear Hank's perspective. Those of y'all who have not, had a chance to, uh, to hear Hank do his thing. Uh, you can have a treat over his time with us. And so, you know, hold on, put your seatbelt on. We're about to go in it. You know, we're in a freestyle dialogue of one mic right now where we kind of throw out some topics. And one thing before I move forward, I wanted to, you know, someone, and I think Hank can relate to this as someone who always wanted to be in broadcast, broadcast journalism. I mean, I, it's one thing people think like you just pick this up as a hobby. You know, as an undergraduate, um, we didn't. I went to a small Lebron college. Uh, many of y'all have heard over time that you know, um, uh, boy college, ball college in you know Southern Wisconsin, uh, great school. Um, game changer went there as well as Phil went there, and we all, three of us, uh, engaged in broadcast media training when we were there. The thing about it, we were there at different times, and so uh, when I was there, I'm oldest of the three of us. They didn't have, they had a theater program with an emphasis in broadcast, but I've always was interested. And one of the people who always got me into it, there's a number of things. I, I love to open the, to, to Monday Night Football. It was like, give me chills, and I was going to be a technical producer, and, you know, kind of getting that stuff going. But Keith Jackson, um, I couldn't wait to sit down and watch a football game and have, you knew it was a big game when Keith was doing it. And one of the best moments, I, I think, uh, you know, what I call a sports moment is um, I was a senior in college um, from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I was going back. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, P.J. Bowman, played for the Flying Illini. He was, uh, I would say, pretty much a six-man off the bench. I think he went to the Final Four. Um, incredible player. Good friend of mine. We, we grew up. We played football together, basketball together. So they were playing in Ann Arbor. That was his last game. Illinois was coming back, and that was Kendall Gill, I think, one of Kendall Gill's first games back. And I, we had told the story uh, previously when we were talking a little bit about uh, Steve Fisher and some other stuff. But it, it was that day. So we won back the game for that game that ended up being the, the, the incredible moment where Bo Schindler comes out and says, you know, after uh, uh, Bill Frieda says he's going to Arizona State, he said he's going to have a Michigan man uh, coach the Michigan team, and, and Fisher became coach. So it was that game. So we're coming in for practice the, uh, Friday before the game. So we get out of this car, and we're walking towards, me and my friend Corey, we're walking towards Chrysler Arena, and we see this probe. Now, back then, the probe was the car. Everybody wanted a probe. So this tall guy is getting out of this probe, and I'm thinking, who is this? We get a little closer. It was David Robinson. For those of you all might not remember, David Robinson didn't go right into the pros. He had to, because he was in the military, he had, uh, there was delay uh, when he entered the pros, so he spent time actually broadcasting college basketball. So, and I'm like, who is he walking in with? It was Keith Jackson. And I almost, you know, you run a thing where you see a guy that you, so I'd be like, you know, after you people forget, Keith Jackson did basketball for a little bit. And so, we're walking in, we say, you know, hi to him, he's very nice to us. We're, like, walking into the tunnel with him and with David Robinson. It was just one of those moments. Um, he was going to be announcing the game, um, and that was a game where, you know, <laughs> we got more stories about that night 
uh, Illinois players were hanging out, having a good time. I was like, I couldn't believe they were doing that night for the game. They went out and just ran Michigan off the off the off the floor. And I remember uh, Glenn being uh, quite upset after that loss because uh, you know it, a lot of us knew Glenn and a lot of the guys who played at Michigan at that time. I knew the guys in Illinois, but the moment at that time was walking in with Keith Jackson and. Again, when it, when it comes to any announcing, but when it came to announcing college football, he was well Nelly when you it was like you know you, you, you see Oklahoma, Nebraska, whatever it was, um, you know he is a pioneer. He is a he's a Mount Rushmore for me, um, and he he seemed like someone who was just always genuine, and uh, I I feel honored that I was at least able to be in a space and say hi and meet with him. Um, he kind of kept that fire for me, wanting to find a way at some point to do what we're doing now. So, you know, I think if, if anyone who is, um, you know, in, related in this kind of business, if, you know, if you're not paying homage to someone like Keith Jackson, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're missing it all. And uh, I know, you know, um, as I think about um, Hank and, you know, your training in this area as well, I'm, I'm sure he's someone that was an influence. You know what? I love Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson was a throwback uh, announcer, if you know that, broadcaster. But back in the day, I'm going to say in the before times, you know, where we didn't have ESPN, do you know this, when we didn't have all these different networks, where you didn't have college football on four or five days a week during the season. You had Saturdays. You only had Saturday. And you only had maybe one station back then. Okay, and if you had ABC, you had Keith Jackson doing the big game of the week. Let me tell you a little story that, that, that I thought you was gonna get it, but but you didn't you didn't get it. But but that's okay. I appreciate you leaving it for me. Right now, if you were to walk the streets of Ann Arbor uh, during football season, you're gonna see somebody who's got on a T-shirt or something that says "Welcome to the Big House." You're going to see somebody that has something that says Big House Football. Keith Jackson coined the phrase. <laughs> he coined the phrase yeah. the Big House. If we all remember ABC at 12 o'clock, the stadium would be packed, and then they would do a, a, a flyover of Michigan Stadium. Keith Jackson would come on and says, you're looking live at the Big House here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where the Wolverines will be taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes or whoever else. But he called it the big house, and he coined that phrase for the University of Michigan. And they have taken it, and they ran with it. Keith Jackson was the originator of that. Keith Jackson, when I hear his voice, I'm always putting mine, and you kind of mentioned it yourself. You think of old-time college football rivals, which are kind of gone today in the, in the day of the, of, the, of the mega conferences and all, but you knew Keith Jackson was going to be there when Oklahoma played Nebraska, when USC played UCLA, when Alabama played Auburn. And how about this one? You folks probably don't remember this one. When Arkansas played Texas A&M, all right? These were the games that you looked forward to. You know, when Notre Dame played USC, Keith Jackson was there. One of the greatest uh, USC Notre Dame games I've ever seen in my life. Keith Jackson was uh, was was broadcasting that game. D. 
This is going back when Anthony Davis was the featured running back for the for, for USC. Right. This is going back when I was a kid, and that was one of the five. He made you a college football fan because he drew you in. You could watch every game. You knew it was going to be you knew it was going to be broadcasted perfectly, and he just had you sucked in, and you became a fan of teams that today I couldn't imagine myself being a fan of. I couldn't imagine myself being a fan of Nebraska. I can't imagine myself being a fan of Notre Dame. I couldn't imagine myself being a fan of USC. But guess what? The way Keith Jackson called a game, that became your second and third favorite team because he just drew you in. You felt like you went to school there. When you saw USC play UCLA, you felt like you were in the stands, man. That was a great feeling growing up watching, listening to him. You know, it's a great loss in the broadcasting world. But his voice really did. He was the voice and still will always be the voice of college football. Well said, well said, well said. And so, you know, we pay tribute to these, these uh, landmark figures both in um, uh, the world of civil rights and, and humanity and the world of sports as we kick off this RSG One Mike. But the title of our show today is Do Your Job. You know, people might be saying that to folks in D.C. They might be saying that to folks around their, their, their office. They might be saying to, to whomever. But we, 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 the theme of the day is do your job, and we'll get to the heart of that theme when we, we start talking a little bit of NFL. But we want to put a bow on this college football season because, you know, Hank and I haven't had a chance to really connect a little bit since the, uh, the, the title game. We did our last pass, the podcast right before the title game. Incredible, incredible ending uh, to that title game. And I know Hank and I are going, we're going back and forth. We're texting a little bit. Um, out of it, a lot of speculation uh, about future of saving um, with all these changes in the NFL, um, conversations about, you know, rankings for next year. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, just some of the projected rankings of who people see and some of the polls that I've seen. Um, but, hey, the ending to that championship, I'm dying you know to try to say it. <laughs> you know <laughs> you what? Let me tell you something. You let that young man talk to me. What did I tell you the, last, the week before? I said Nick Saban is going to come up with something in the second half of that ball game. Did, I not, did we not talk about that the you, week before? You, you said it. I said, you got to be careful because Nick Saban is not afraid to do something to win. Now, clearly, let's go back to that game. And it was a fabulous game. You know, um, basically it was uh, the SEC Championship 2.0 is what we watched. But um, it, was a, it was a great football game. Uh, uh, Georgia came out and they showed their medal. They showed their medal. They, they, they weren't afraid of Alabama. But Kirby Smart, Kirby, 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 Kirby. You got to play to win, brother, especially against the master. You got to play to win. You got to play to win. You cannot play not to lose. You can't play not to lose. You did What you did was you took 
the Atlanta Falcons playbook from the second half of the Super Bowl and you implemented it yourself and you found yourself on the, on the short end of a game, you should have won in regulation. Shame on you. And let me give you why. All right? You brought this young quarterback in. All he knows how to do is throw the football. Okay? It was clear to everybody who watched that game, D, that, that uh, Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. They had him confused. He couldn't get the ball down the field. Nick threw caution to the wind. He said, this kid knows how to chuck it down down the field. We got to get these linebackers off the line of scrimmage. We're going to go for it. I watched the game in the second half where it had to have been, it had to have been seven or eight consecutive plays where this kid just dropped back and threw the ball. Seven or eight consecutive plays, he just dropped back and threw the ball. Not one time did Georgia's defense adjust. Did not one time they bring the blitz. Not one time did they put any pressure on this kid. And he picked them apart. Okay? Alabama has a, a professional offensive line, man. And they didn't, they didn't do anything to put pressure on this kid. He picked them apart. Secondly, on offense, again, Kirby, you played not to, you played not to lose. You had at least five. No, I'm sorry. We're going to say uh, three consecutive drives. Three consecutive drives, D, didn't even try to put the ball up. Didn't even try to score. I'm just going to just chuck, just keep handing the ball off like I'm going to run off 17 minutes of this ball game on this defense. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Then you get to, then you get to, um, to overtime, and you, you, got, you, and you say, you say, do your job. The safety, you got one job. You got one job. You don't let nobody get behind you. Where are you going? Where are you going? This was a game that Georgia will go away from. I went away from it. And I knew Alabama wasn't going to give up. You don't give up winning the championships that Nick Saban has won. You got to keep the foot on your neck, and you got to keep fighting all the way through it. That team quit. They, they, I won't say they quit, but they, they, they were the coaching staff, again, they took, their, they took their foot off the gas. They played not to lose. And, and, and Nick Saban was desperate. He brought in a freshman to throw the ball down the field, throw the ball down the field, throw the ball down the field. And Georgia, for some reason, unfathomable to me, never adjusted. The kid only had a handful of plays, and they never adjusted. Not a blitz, not nothing to put pressure on that kid, to, to, to force him into just one mistake, okay, even on the play where he chucked it down the field. He had one receiver going down the field. I don't know what the safety was doing. But it was a fabulous game. It was a very entertaining game. Uh, but but watching it from where I'm watching it, and I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room, but I got two pair of eyes like everybody else, and I couldn't understand what the coaches were missing that I seen. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to say the best way to watch the national championship game is with the film room with the coaches. That was a great way to watch the game and get feedback because a lot of things they were saying, one thing they said, and I was noticing, is that they were wondering why uh, Georgia was playing cover two because it didn't look, did look like the players were comfortable playing cover two. Right, and, right. And, and if you look at it, the guy, the guy, um, when you look at the last play, he, he beat cover two. And so, you know, you know at least two deep, it looked like they were playing like a, a man under two deep. Like they were just playing straight cover two. So the thing again is play what got you there. 
right? And you have you have incredible speed at linebackers. You have great cover guys. Make it difficult for him to throw. Don't play a lot of zone or come after him. Um, and that's you know they came after they came they came after uh, Baker Mayfield more than they came after this young man. Um, that's and, my point. You know it was one thing. Oh. One of the great – one thing I remember I told you the difference I thought about the Georgia game and who was going to win is I just felt like Kirby was a little bit more relaxed. This was the moment where I, I saw things change, and I, and I learned something new about Saban. <laughs> she got this freshman on the field. Um, he had a pass I don't know if he threw a pick or something happened, and he came on the sideline. He had his arm around Saban walking down. It was like he was calming Saban down. He was coming, saving that, and I've never seen a player do that to Saban. And Saban was like being consoled, and this kid was like, "I'm like, there's something about this kid that Saban likes, and there's something here." I knew he was he had a great education coming out of high school. First of all, from Hawaii to Alabama, and all the reasons why he got to Alabama, whole new story. But then when this kid got sacked, I'm like, "Oh, it's over." And then he turns around after getting sacked. And throws that touchdown. I'm like, the thing you did not want Saban to do is get a great quarterback. Like, that's that's when that's when the college football world was like, we all playing for second. Because <laughs> your only hope to beat Saban in the past was that he would hamstrung his quarterback, and he would almost let you back in it if you had a great team. But after watching this kid, I was like. This is what college football did not want to see him get. He's a quarterback who probably can be a Heisman Trophy candidate here pretty quickly. And they, the amazing thing let me, about let me it is Jalen Hurst took it. Oh. But, but let me say this to you right quick, okay? Because what we saw was, is he a great quarterback? Is he a great quarterback? He made some fine throws, but I want you to go back if you get a chance and watch how much pressure was on him, all right? And I'm, I'm, from what I've seen, I've seen Georgia's defense really go and stop playing aggressive football, all right? When they decided to pressure that kid, he made, he made mistakes, like the sack, like the interception. And for some reason, they sat back in that zone. Anytime you sit back in the zone and give a quarterback who's got a decent arm chance to scan the field, and you got those receivers that, that Alabama has with that speed, you're going to beat somebody. And he has a cannon. On that last touchdown, what he did was just step back. He didn't even look. I mean, he looked off the receiver, and there wasn't another receiver on the other side. I don't know what the safety was doing. He just looked him off and then just chucked it down the field. Is he a great quarterback? I think the jury is out on that. I don't know. I wouldn't say that well, yet. Well, one thing is, I think what you saw was, huh? He, he's, a, he's a he's a former five star quarterback. So he, he was he was he was the star he was the star in the Elite Eleven. So he got skill. So that's not they they didn't want to bring him in. They didn't want to bring him in forever. I mean, they didn't want to bring him in all year. But you got Jalen Hurst, you know, and so you, he, there was no reason for him. He couldn't find a way to bring this kid in. But, I mean, from all accounts, everybody knew this kid was good. And, I mean, looking at him in the leading level, whatever that is, the competition he was in, I mean, he was he's a flat-out superstar. So, you know, but then you put him in the moment. Like, this is a kid that he's the one in the second half of a national championship game 
And that says everything about it. What you know, he probably got some preparation, but he didn't get a lot. And for him to play like he's gonna play, like think about when you got a whole spring camp with him, you know, preseason, and he comes into the year, he's and he's starting because he's going to start. It's not like you're going to go yeah. back to Jalen Hurts. You can't. And and that's the thing about it is like you know, if you're Jalen Hurts, what do you do? I mean, Jalen Hurts is transfer. You know, a transfer. He's going to have to transfer. You know, he's going to have to do something. So it's like yeah, he's going to have to you know, transfer. Yeah. I mean, I think that with Jalen Hurts, um, there's a lot of teams right there in the SEC, and dare I even say uh, in the, in the uh, in the Pac-12 that he could go to right now and make a difference with. You know, you got Arizona out there that's got a brand new coach with Kevin Sumlin. They just hired him in there. Uh, He'll be a a great addition his last two seasons for a team like that. So I don't think he stays. I I think the writing's on the wall with him. Um, And if he he thinks he has anything, he's not going to play running back for Alabama, not with that that stable they have. So I think that unless he just – is is resigned to being the backup after being a starter for two years, which I really can't see. I think he probably transfers out west someplace. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, if he stays, he's basically Tim Tebow as a freshman, meaning that when they get in the red zone, they bring Jalen Hurst in. I mean, at that point, right. Alabama becomes very difficult to play against. So he becomes right. Tim Tebow with a better arm. So that makes you that puts you in a real. <laughs> I mean, from a college football standpoint, that's a dream for Saban, but you're right. I mean, I think no one would uh, be against him if he decided to transfer. There's just too much momentum with this young man coming. Um, you know, I mean, Saban will say everything about a competition, but don't end up like the Ohio State quarterbacks where none of them kind of came out spelling right. So you're right, right. You know, I think, you know, you got your championship. You did everything. You got them to the championship twice. You know, at a certain point, you got to be like, I gave Alabama what I need to give. It seems like I'm handing it off, and I'll transfer and and and, and do it. But he held, he 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 did everything so gracefully. You know, as you would hope that somebody would do, keeping his eye on the prize and, on the bigger thing. But yeah, so then there's talk about Saban. You know, obviously Saban is saying he's gonna stay. You know, but you got this, you, know, you got that Giants job out there. And I feel like the question I had on for us is that, you know, should Saban tap into his inner Pete Carroll? You know, I think one of the things, even though Pete Carroll had a lot of success at SC, and obviously he had other things kind of motivating him to get out of there with the, with the investigation and everything that Saban doesn't have. Um, but you always knew Pete Carroll didn't like the way his NFL career ended. And then he had a chance to go back to Seattle, right situation. Obviously, got a Super Bowl out of it. You know, has a has been very successful in the NFL. Do you see Saban? You know, he's up in age, making one more run at the NFL, regardless of everything that you hear him say publicly. I don't, I don't, I don't see where his motivation would be at this point. Um, he has taken all of this time to build Alabama into a super dynasty. All right, if he goes to the NFL you got to believe that he's going to a team that's lacking a lot, okay? He's not going to go to a team that he can turn around in two or three years, I don't believe, okay? If you look at some of the situations out there, you're looking at the Bears, you're looking at the, the Giants, which is very attractive to a lot of coaches. But, look, you have an aging quarterback there. Your team is not playing the same defense. 
you um you know uh, you 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 got personalities over there like ODB uh you know OBJ I'm uh, sorry um and it's just like come on how how is that going to work okay and this is what you got to deal with in the NFL you've got all of these these millionaires you got these corporations that you're trying to coach versus these kids who's trying to become corporations you have a lot more control you have a lot more autonomy Nick, Nick Saban, like you said, you know, he's an aging coach. He's 67, 68 years old. Um, he didn't have the the, the, the uh, career that Bill Belichick. Him and Bill Belichick's close to the same age. But Bill Belichick has made his niche, okay? Um, he's always been in the pros. Nick Saban did not fare so well. For him, I can't see him at this point when he can win him another championship right off into the sunset. Uh, they can make him AD if he chooses to be. You know, he's made his name in Alabama. Why leave? Um, there, there's no there's no incentive, really, D. I mean, the money is good. One of the highest paid, if not the highest paid coach in college football. Um, and the NFL, you know, that, that's, that's not the big prize like it used to be for a lot of these coaches because a lot of these coaches like to have control over their program. And a lot of these uh, 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 coaches now that used to be NFL coaches is starting to really find their way in the college game because the money is good and they have total control over their programs. So I can't see Nick Saban giving that away at a shot at like the Giants or somebody where in two years I could see him doing more like Steve Spurrier or Bobby Petrino than Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're going to stay tuned. You know, there's going to be a lot of rumors. Anytime you're winning like he's winning, um, you know, people are going to speculate a lot. You're like, I, I agree, he's got it good there, man. Sometimes you just stick with it and, and do what you got to do and ride that wave all the way to the sunset. But now, mm-hmm. you know, people are projected for next year. You know, Kirby Smart getting loaded with his recruiting class. Some projection I'm seeing has Georgia number one, Alabama number two, uh, Clemson number three, Ohio State four. Auburn five, Wisconsin in that uh, uh, six spot. Um, uh, preseason, Penn State, Oklahoma, Miami, Virginia Tech, with uh, USC and uh, Michigan State, Notre Dame sitting on the outside uh, looking in. And then you got another group of LSU, US, UCF, Washington, Stanford, TCU, Florida State, Memphis. South Carolina is kind of in that that bottom twenty to twenty five with Michigan and Boise State. Um, a couple of people saying you know Boise State have a couple of things going right. They could push up there. Big question people have with Michigan is who they're going to have a quarterback. I think that's what's killing them in terms of their draft. Texas, they're just trying to figure out what kind of jump uh, Tom Herman will make. You know now he's got some run going, and so you know any one of these teams can kind of. Uh, flip here uh, soon, depending on some things going going well. But obviously, you, you, you know, uh, Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia are cream of crop right now with, you know, that Ohio State, Auburn, and Wisconsin staying in the conversation, depending on how Alex Hornibrook does. Um, and also Penn, uh, Penn State is um, uh, uh, there. So, there's, you know, some of the usual suspects. Um, as you're looking in the next year, you know, is there something on that list or some people or teams that you think could creep up there if things go right? You know, first of all, I'm kind of surprised at how high they have Penn State. 
uh, with with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I was playing about to with, say that Michigan State. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, with Saquon Barkley declaring it for the draft, I'm surprised they have him as high. Uh, Ohio State, I think, is going on reputation uh, because they got the same issue that Michigan has as far as quarterback. Okay, you got the winningest quarterback in your program history in J.T. Barrett, and now he's gone. And you've got to break in a new quarterback. And what we know here in Ann Arbor is it's easier said than done. Okay, same thing with Oklahoma. You know, what are these teams going to be? Now, Georgia, I understand. Alabama, I understand. Clemson, I understand. I get that. TCU is a team I'm surprised with that they have rate as low as they do, um, simply because uh, TCU, you know, they, they made some noise. They're one of the few teams in the Pac-12 that plays defense, and they can score some points. You know, and with Oklahoma trying to um, replace Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma State, trying to reload. I'm surprised TCU is as low as they are. I'm also surprised at how low Michigan is. Michigan's got their entire defense coming back versus last year, this year coming in. Nobody knew what that defense was going to be. They know that's going to be a world-class defense. They know they're going to have a better offensive running game. Now all their running backs are back. Their receivers are back. So, you know, I, 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 what I believe with that ranking, I think you have a lot of folks that's, that's knocking Jim Harbaugh right now. I think the way you see Michigan ranked is the Jim Harbaugh narrative, and it's not really speaking on to the talent of the team. Um, but but the teams that, that again, um, surprised me, that when I look at Auburn, okay, that's another team. Because Stidham, from what I understand, is wasn't he a senior this year? The, the transfer from Baylor. Well, he's returning. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's returning for a senior year. So okay, he's returning. Um, so so they're, they're going to be a formidable team. Now, that's a team that beat both uh, Alabama and Georgia. You know, and yet you still got the Clemsons of the world ahead of them. That team ain't. That team is no joke. That team is no joke. And people need to pay a close attention to. Something else that I noticed though, D, is how quiet the polls are on the teams out west. You know, your USC's because of Darnold, uh, Washington. And Washington is a good football team, and they're going to be a good – Peterson yeah. is one hell of a coach, okay? He used to be the coach at Boise State. People don't understand. That team is going to be around every year. Just because you don't watch them on TV, don't sleep on that squad, okay? That team was in the playoffs last year, very close this year. Obviously, they had some rebuilding to do. Uh, but there's another. I, I, I'm often I'm often uh, amazed at how quiet it is for those West Coast teams, and then I didn't hear Notre Dame there either. So you know. Yeah, they had Notre. They had Notre. Yeah, they had Notre Dame at. Uh, and this is this poll I'm looking at here is Sports Illustrated. I've seen polls similar uh-huh. to this one. They had Notre Dame at 13. Okay. Um, okay. And. Um, I agree with the West Coast thing because it was stumbling in Arizona. Um, you know, he's, he knows how to use talent. People be critical of him at Texas A&M, but I, that might be a good fit for him. Um, USC got a lot of talent. They could turn the corner, like you said, with Washington. And I think Stanford, you know, they're going to have Bryce Love, I think, yeah. coming back. And so, um, and, you know, they can make a run. Um, you know, they, they, they start out a little slow, but – uh, they can make a run. So, yeah, this it, is kind of early. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that have to happen with spring ball. 
um, you know, we'll try extent we'll try to get some coaches on uh, to share some stuff with us about it. Let this before we move uh, on, yeah, though. Willie yeah. Taggart is at Oregon, okay? Willie Taggart is at Oregon. People fail to realize Willie Taggart was at Central Florida, okay? Uh, or South Florida, should I say. Willie Taggart, yeah, 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 Willie Taggart just went over to Florida State. He went to Florida State. Okay. Yeah, so okay. he just left. He, he left. He left as part of that. So Oregon's got to regroup over there. I mean, that was the big buzz oh, okay. a little bit. So I missed that one. Taggart, I mean, Taggart at Florida, but Taggart at Florida State with, um, you know, DeAndre uh, uh, Francois uh, is um, yeah. It, with all that talent they got, it could be in the way he knows how to recruit Florida. Uh, Florida State might not be a joke. Nineteen is kind of low if he if he catches right. Um, and right. so and he knows the state of Florida. So uh, you're right. There's some things. There's some people who gonna be some surprises um, around here, and, and I think that um, uh, you know you're gonna see some jockeying here early on. But it's just interesting to see how um, you know how things are evolving. Obviously, the the, the, the top three teams they talk about. I mean, the top three on most people polls when you talk about Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. They just reloading right now. And so somebody got to figure out how to break those three up. Um, and there's some teams out here who can uh, who, who can do that. So we'll keep our eye on a lot of the movement here in college football, a lot of coaches' movement uh, happening. And, um, you know, uh, I'm excited. Uh, you, you know, it's, you know, it's the off-season to some of these sports have just become as interesting uh, as the end-season. So college football is no, is no different. Listen to RSG, one mic. With Hank and Devon, uh, we'll talk a little bit of college sports here. Um, when we come back, we're going to get into the cipher. We're going to talk about some NFL football uh, and uh, get into just the craziness that has been football here where, you know, folks just got to do their job. And so we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to hit in on some of that because we're going to try to get these cats, some of these cats out here catching the mic, doing all that talking, and then – Going home early, you know. You know. You know. On one mic, we we got some things. To, we got some things to, uh, to 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 say about those kind of stuff when you, when you out there like that, and then you don't you don't hold up on that. You know. You know. Hank and I going. Hank and I going to put some words on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you'll do that. So, uh, you know, when we come back here, we gonna have some stuff about this stuff on the NFL and talk about that. That, that miracle in Minnesota. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 